Many today are sick and may not know it. I'm not speaking physically, but spiritually. They have a sin-sick soul. Hello, I'm Phil Sanders, and this is a Bible study in search of the Lord's way. And today we're looking to Jesus to save us from a sin-sick soul. In all the hurry and hustle and confusion of modern living, the Lord has the way. We believe that the Bible is the revelation of His way. We invite you to join us in Search of the Lord's Way with Phil Sanders. Welcome to In Search of the Lord's Way. We're here to search the Scriptures for God's will. We want to please the Lord and have no other purpose than to do His will. We encourage everyone else to do His will as well. Ezra 7 and verse 10 says, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Well, we have the same desire, but we're set on studying, teaching, and practicing the teaching of Jesus Christ found in the New Testament. The gospel is God's power to save, Romans 1.16. And thanks for taking time with us today. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to be a part of your life each week. The Lord Jesus said in John 8.34, Truly, truly, I say to you that everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Well, we often don't realize just how one simple sin can affect our lives. Sinning only one time can lead to repeating it. We tend to downplay our sins and ignore the harm a sinful habit can do to our thinking, to our homes, and our communities. Sin today may bring you pleasure, and uh, it'll bring you heartache tomorrow. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils, and it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Sin, that is all sin, because it's pleasurable, is addictive. It destroys lives and families. Sin's slavery causes people to do things that they hate. Paul said, you'll remember in Romans 7, 14 to 15, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Do you hate what you do? We offer this study on sin-sick souls free. If you'd like a printed copy and live in the United States, mail your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083, or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org. Or you can call our toll-free telephone number. That number is 1-800-321-8633. We also have many free programs and materials on our website, searchtv.org. And you can also see us on YouTube. We'll now worship in song, read from Matthew 9, 10 to 13, and explore the terrible problems of a sin-sick soul.
Our reading today is from Matthew chapter 9, verses 10 to 13. And this tells about Jesus eating with many sinners and tax collectors and what happened. Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and His disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to His disciples, Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, He said, It's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Yes, that's the heart of Jesus, to love all of us. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the compassion that you have for us as weak people and people who sin. And we're thankful, Father, for your love and for your grace. Father, we pray you'll bless us now as we study, and may we always do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 3, 9 to 18 says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood in their paths, are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. 
There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3, 22 to 23 concludes, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. People often say they haven't sinned enough to be lost eternally, and they don't understand how serious sin truly is. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23, and that's always true, even if it is but one sin. Some deny they've sinned altogether, but 1 John 1, 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1, 10 goes farther. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. When you say you haven't sinned, you deceive yourself and contradict the Lord. You act like Jesus Christ is a liar. Jeremiah 17, 9-10 says that the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. Jeremiah 16, 12 reveals, You too have done evil, even more than your forefathers. For behold, you are each one walking according to the stubbornness of his own evil heart, without listening to me. So hard-hearted were these people that Jeremiah could say in Jeremiah 6.15, Were they ashamed because of the abomination they've done? They were not even ashamed at all. They didn't even know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Well, our culture today is not much different than the culture of Jeremiah. Our culture laughs about our sins and condemns anyone who thinks sin is wrong. Many today have ceased to blush over anything. Some in our culture have turned morality upside down. They've spread immoral behavior of every kind. And this ruins our society and compromises our character. Many today don't even know their churches who have twisted Scripture to permit ungodliness. They say what God calls sin is not only okay, but good. They also oppose anyone who will not agree with them and approve every form of sin. Fulton Sheen correctly observed many years ago, first we overlook evil, then we permit evil, then we legalize evil, then we promote evil, then we celebrate evil, then we persecute those who are still calling it evil. Isaiah 5, 20 to 21 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Do you honestly believe that you can turn God's ways upside down and imagine that God won't notice or care? Ecclesiastes 12:14 reminds us, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Again, Romans 14, 10-12 says, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Ephesians 5, 5-6 says, 
For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who's an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Now this is why God warns us in Hebrews 3, 12 to 13, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 13 predicts, But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yes, people will lie to themselves and they'll lie to others rather than admit that they have sinned or have been exposed to sin. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Many think, well, I can watch whatever I want and it won't change or hurt me. Many think, I can run with any crowd I want and they won't lead me away from Christ. Don't be deceived. Whatever sinful things or people you associate with will affect how you think and what you'll behave and how you'll behave. Many people have found themselves committing sins that surprised them. And it was because they associated with bad people who did evil things. People can change and drift away from God over time. Remember King Solomon, the wisest man of his day? But his wisdom didn't keep him from being weak to sin. 1 Kings 11, 1-4 says, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and the Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. My friend, if you love and hold fast to the wicked in time, you will become wicked too. Paul dealt with a terrible sin troubling the whole church at Corinth. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, 1-2 that it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and sexual immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife. And you've become puffed up and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. You see, the church wouldn't discipline the man appropriately. They became arrogant and sin should cause us to mourn. It costs us more suffering and heartache than any other thing sin does. Paul determined the need to judge this man, and he rebuked the church for ignoring this terrible sin. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 6, Your, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? When one person sins and gets away with it, other people think they can sin and get away with it too.
When churches fail to deal with sin, it affects the whole congregation. The church at Thyatira also failed to deal with a sin-sick soul who had infected others with her false teaching. The Lord Jesus Himself rebuked this church because they tolerated sin. The Lord said in Revelation 2, 20-23, But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray, so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she doesn't want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence. And all the churches will know that I am He who searches the minds and hearts. And I'll give to each one of you according to your deeds. Do you see how seriously the Lord Jesus takes sin? Choosing to sin opens the door to more sin. And in time, these sins will start controlling your mind and your life. Romans 8, 5 to 8 says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it's not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. James 4 and verse 4 speaks to Christians who give in to sin. He said to them, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world sets himself as an enemy of God. Sin will make an enemy of God out of you. You can't love God and love sin at the same time. 1 John 2, 15-17 clearly says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Galatians 5, 19-21 speaks of the works of the flesh, which will condemn us. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And Paul says, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. My friends, only punishment awaits those who have sin in their lives and do not know the way of the Lord. Thankfully, God is aware of our sin-sick souls. God's heart breaks over our sins. He loved this world so much that He could not leave us in sin he wanted something better for us. 1 Timothy 2, 3-4 says, This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth.
God is willing to give us time to change. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Lord God doesn't want you to lose your soul. He wants to save you from sin. And He sent His Son Jesus to this earth to die for your sins so that you could be saved. Now because God wanted to rescue us from sin, He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross. 1 Peter 3 and verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that He might bring you to God. Jesus said in Luke 19 and verse 10 that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you a sin-sick soul? And are you lost? I want you to know that the Lord Jesus wants to rescue and save you, but you must let Him, won't you? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the grace and the love and the compassion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will always come to Him, that we will love Him, that we'll repent of our sins, and Father, that we'll do Your will always. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you think your sins are no big deal and will not cause you to be lost, you are surely deceiving yourself. Sin separates us from God. It causes spiritual death, deceives us, ruins our morals, enslaves us, and ultimately causes us to be lost eternally. You may think sin is a small thing, but you're not the one offended by sin. 
Sin offends God. It's an abomination to Him. And God hates sin and condemns all sin. God, however, loves you and gave His Son Jesus to save you from sin. He doesn't want to punish you for your sins. He wants something better for you than an evil life enslaved to sin. He wants to set you free and give you life. The one who gave you physical life also gives you newness of life in Christ, an abundant life as a Christian, and eternal life in heaven. That's His desire and His plan for you if you're willing to accept it. Romans 6 and verse 16 says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, that your slaves are the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? What are you choosing to obey? Please choose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in the Lord and in His teaching. Love Him enough to turn from sin and repentance and follow Him. Confess Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, and be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, baptism into Christ is an immersion in water, and it always, always precedes salvation. Acts 2.38 and 22.16 confirm this. Now, being baptized into Christ is a decision made by a person old enough to believe and repent. And I pray that you'll make that decision to obey the Lord today. Put Christ first. We hope that today's study about the sin-sick soul has helped you to see how gracious God's cure really is. If you live in the United States and want a free printed copy, send your request to In Search of the Lord's Way, Post Office Box 371, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083 or send an email to searchtv at searchtv.org. Or you can call the search office toll-free at 1-800-321-8633. There's a schedule of our programs, a map of churches in your area at searchtv.org. And you can watch Search anytime on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, Search TV Ministry, and like the programs. We also offer free Bible correspondence courses. Now, don't worry, we're not asking for money. We're here to help you draw close to God. Show your love for God by worshiping at church. You need a church family. If you can attend, then don't neglect worshiping at church. And there's probably a Church of Christ near you. And if you're looking for a healthy biblical home, we'll, happy, we'll be happy to help you find one. Well, we'll be back next week. So keep searching God's Word. We love you, and God bless you from all of us at In Search of the Lord's Way. <laughs>